anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. A dog's excited. I'm half asleep. It's early Friday morning on the brink of World War III. So I thought we'd turn on the mics and back with me as usual, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell, fresh off of another morning show. So he did all of his show prep already. And we're going to discuss what the hell is going on over in Russia and Ukraine. What's going on, man? How's the move going? It is going. Uh, my office is mostly done. The living room area is sort of done. And then the rest of the house needs quite a bit of work. I've still got a whole bunch of stuff at the other house. And plus, I've still got to go. I got to collect I guess I'm collecting animals today. I'm going to get goats, chickens, ferret, guinea pig. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to be moving animals, so that'll be fun. And I might hold off on that cuz it's supposed to be cold today and it's supposed to be warmer this weekend. So I don't know. I, there's too much stuff to move. Uh, I hate moving. Yeah, it is the worst. I notice you have a different background. <laughs> so you have officially packed up the office. It's funny, you know, I don't have to think about the weather anymore. Really, it's not a concern for me. It's either like, is it going to be really hot today? Um, last night it was a little chilly. I, I had to debate whether or not to roll up my sleeves or leave them down when I was going for a little evening stroll. That's about it. A little chilly, like 65 degrees? Probably. Yeah, maybe 68. Nice breeze. I mean, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful, but it, it starts to feel kind of cold after you go through the summer here where it's like 100 degrees and, and humid. But uh, yeah, things are, are going good here on my end. I am pretty happy to not be in eastern Ukraine or anywhere really in that part of the world. But <laughs> it's got to be a real tough, tough last couple of days for, for the, the Ukrainians. What, um, what are your thoughts on all of this? What were you guys talking about on your morning show? So basically, we're a bunch of Putin stands is what it boiled down to uh, so a lot of the stuff that i've been looking at with with what's going on is the fact that most of the fighting that's going on right now is taking place over this donbass region uh something that i personally find really interesting about the donbass region is that it is one of the if not the leading steel producing regions in that part of the world. So is this even like my, my hypothetical question is, is this even an issue if that's not the case? Like if that's not one of the leading steel supplying portions of the, 
of the world in that area does anybody even care so like these the two uh separatist states in the donbass region and i i I will completely butcher the names of them so i'm not going to try but they are russian backed uh they didn't want to be a part of the ukraine and as far as what i've been able to find they as regions democratically decided we don't want to be a part of ukraine we want to be our own independent states and so since 2014 ukraine has been consistently attacking this region because they tried to separate from ukraine and they have had russian backing and so what what this has all kind of come to a head in that putin came out i guess it was over the weekend and gave support to the donbass region and said that he recognizes them as sovereign states and then uh in putin's own speech that he gave whatever it was two three nights ago i guess it was two nights ago now um he said that they reached out to him and requested help and that under article whatever section whatever he was going to support them. And as far as I can tell from most of what's been going on, it has been the the Russian movement has been into the Donbass region and the airstrikes that have been going on have been from Russian military uh, outposts hitting Ukrainian military posts and military bases. They took out like some Ukrainian uh, air support and other stuff. So like it, it doesn't seem it, it seems like a relatively well thought out military attack and it, it it doesn't feel like so like one of the I think it was CBS was talking about uh, how is Putin going to maintain control over all of Ukraine when they have all of these people who are going to resist and everything. It's like um, I haven't seen anything that would indicate that Putin is attempting to take all of Ukraine. Uh, the, I don't, I don't it, it, the coverage of it seems kind of weird. Uh, so that's kind of where I am on it. I, I don't, I don't know that we should be involved in it because I don't know that we have any, like other than the fact that the Obama administration and NATO effectively set up this entire thing to play out the exact way that it has uh, like we shouldn't be involved. It's it's between Ukraine and Russia over and a dispute over this one little piece of piece of territory that really there is probably something politically that could be worked out. Like if if Ukraine hadn't been attacking that region for eight fucking years, would this even be a problem? I don't know. Too many, too many hypotheticals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they are, they are doing a, a bunch of, they call them like preemptive military strikes on, on military locations and things like that. The, the Donbass regions, it's interesting that he took it now and not back in 2014. I, mean, I think you alluded to the coup that the Obama administration tried to, tried to set up and um, they actually had like a referendum and a vote saying that like they wanted to be Russians and Putin didn't take it then. So why is he doing it now? I think that's what threw a lot of, especially like the anti-war libertarians that were saying like, oh, Putin's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. This is all just like a bunch of propaganda, which, I mean, it's so hard to know now 
what reports to believe and what not to believe because we've been lied to so many fucking times. But I, I mean, the game that America was playing and it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's brilliant from their perspective because it's sort of like a win-win, right? You start this fucking rumor. Like, I don't think Putin was going to do anything like two weeks ago when they're like, oh, there's a Russian attack imminent. Like Russia is going to move on, on Ukraine. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming any day now, any day now you start this fucking rumor. And if, if Putin doesn't do anything, he backs off. He looks like a pussy. You look like you puffed out your chest and you sent him packing and America's, you know, this big superpower. We're not these like, you know, these bumbling buffoons that got their asses kicked over in the Middle East and had to pull out of Afghanistan and shame and fucked up Syria and all this other shit. And if you force Putin's hand, like Putin's like, I don't want to be a pussy. I'm going to move in and I'm going to take Eastern Ukraine. Well, then you still have the narrative on your side. Putin comes off looking like, uh, you know, a, a dictator hell bent on world domination. You can play that throughout the, you know, the uh, news cycles and yada, yada, yada. I, I think Putin was just, you know, kind of saving face, but I'll, he's like, I'm, I wanted this. I'm going to take it now. I don't see him going much farther. Hang on a second. Iggy, shut the fuck up. Cry baby dog. I have to take him out, but he needs to stop crying. <laughs> I don't see him moving much farther. You know, I don't think he's, this is like part of some diabolical world war three plan to take over the world. Um, I don't think Russia could do that even if they wanted to, I, I'm sure he does want to, you know, all of these fucking sociopath uh, leaders want to fucking take over the world, but it, it, he's, there's a reason he waited until now to do it. There's a reason he didn't do it back in 2014. And yeah, maybe, you know, if I was in like Moldova or something, I might be a little worried because he's just fucking surrounded by Russia now. But um, I, I don't I don't think that these reports of him going much farther and are, are going to materialize. That's sort of my gut feeling on this. But like I said, you know, it's it's hard to tell what's, um, you know, how far they can push him. And, you know, this was like, this was, in my opinion, this was like completely manipulated by the Biden administration. Like they set this up and there was going to be one of two outcomes and either one of them kind of, they would be happy with. Um, they either get like another uh, excuse to go to war or an excuse to make Russia look bad, or they get to make themselves look like they stopped Russia from world domination. Well, unlike a lot of the pundits have been talking about how Putin is unhinged and they don't know what he's going to do next. It's like he gave an hour speech where he pretty thoroughly laid it all out. Like I, I listened to it. Russian is a pretty harsh language and he didn't sound unhinged through any of it. Like he was very, very well thought out. He explained his position. Like it seemed like a pretty, pretty solid speech. Like this is a guy with a plan. I, like, and I, I hate, I hate that I've kind of been pushed into this position where I feel like I'm defending russia and vladimir putin but the way that it's being covered just doesn't make any sense yeah yeah he's never been unhinged he is so much better at this political game than biden or or trump ever was you know like he knows exactly what he's doing and you know he knew these sanctions were coming it's not like they can't get around all these things like sanctions never really affected the putins of the world anyway but 
I mean, they control a, a ton of um, of the the gas, you know, the natural gas and stuff around fucking Europe. There's, you know, Germany, I think it's actually I have the numbers here. Hang on. It's something like between 40 and 50 percent of uh, some Iggy, stop it. God damn it. He's such a crybaby. I'll take you out when we finish recording. Um, what was I doing here? Yeah. So, I mean, some of these countries, I mean, the, the small ones, you know, like uh, Moldova get like 100% of their gas from Russia. But uh, Germany gets 49%, Italy 46%, Poland 40%, France 24%. Like these aren't small numbers. They can really put the screws to the somebody like Germany uh, when it when it comes. They're getting fifty percent of their uh, their gas supply from Russia. Uh, it, it's not like they don't have any cards to play here. Well, and one of the things that was being talked about on so I was watching some India news and some German news stations yesterday, kind of keeping track of it, just because the American coverage was so fucking stupid uh like abc was talking about tiktok videos like uh, i don't give a shit about tiktok videos like uh, okay i understand that like the ukrainian people are using tiktok to share what's going on but i don't need to talk about the culture i don't need to hear about the cultural importance of tiktok in, in the wake of this like tell me what's actually going on um but some of them were talking about like the connections that russia and china have Russia can basically just avoid a lot of these sanctions because China's not going to sanction them in any way. They'll they'll still have Chinese backing. So it like a lot of this stuff is a is a moot point. Yeah, that's true. I, I did just see headlines about you know Russia and China having some talks. I'm I'm sure they're strategizing how they're going to get around this, and you know that they're going to have the full backing. You know, it's China and Russia, and then it's you know the U.S. and and NATO, and you know, it's it's hard to not look at the, you know, the U.S.'s prior um, engagements in that part of the world and not think that, you know, like like we said, like they we brought this kind of on ourselves. Um, we've been sticking our nose in in other people's business where it really doesn't belong. Um, as far as the American people are concerned. Now, if you're the government, then this is, you know, U.S. interests over there. But um, I don't see, like you said, why anybody should care whether or not um, Eastern Ukraine wants to be part of Russia or it wants to be part of Ukraine or they want to be something else. It's none of my fucking business, really. Um, I, I certainly don't want them to be attacked by another country and invaded and um, you know, have, have people died, millions of people displaced. It's terrible. But I mean, at the same time, I, I don't think we should be going, you know, risking a, a nuclear war <laughs> over this. Um, it, it seems very uh, disingenuous. Well, the other thing is like with the media coverage, right? You, we never get the other side of the story or another perspective. It's always just like, oh, this unhinged Putin guy is is just a, invading Ukraine and there's no backstory. There's no history given. There's nothing from like the Russian perspective. And yeah, it's just like all of these other um, wars that we've gotten into where there's like this blowback because of uh, our U.S. foreign policy. And then, you know, we just ignore all that. We call this guy crazy 
And then you get a bunch of fucking, you know, bootlicking Americans that are ready to do, oh, we can't let Russia do this. We can't let so-and-so do that. It's like, I, I, I don't know, man. The, uh, I think we could. I think we could. I think he's made his point. I don't think he's going to go any farther. Did you see the Bush quote where Bush was talking about uh, Putin starting a unfounded war? <laughs> uh, I didn't. I did not see that. Oh, gosh. It was that was like hypocrisy. <laughs> you know, yeah. pot, here's kettle. Oh, God. Yeah, right. And I mean, I spent yesterday I got into like a couple Twitter spats because there was this like Ben Shapiro post that I thought I'd have a little fun with and antagonize some people. And my God, did it work? But it was like, I don't know, something about you. Oh, let me pull it up. It was like, give me a second here. Something about, yeah, it was like American prosperity and safety since the end of World War II. Okay, here it is. Uh, yeah, has been guaranteed by America's status as a global hegemon. Hegemon. Hegemon? How do you pronounce that? I've heard it like every different way. Hegemony is the hegemony. Yeah, but what if they don't put the Y at the end? So it's still just hegemon? I guess so. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, making fun of a post where I can't even pronounce some of the words. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, the end of, yeah, it will not be good for America or Americans to pretend otherwise is to ignore both history and current events. And, you know, I just said, I was like, our safety wasn't even fucking threatened in World War II or World War One. And World War II is when every, you know, every fucking lemming came out, Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor. And, and they, even there, the comparisons are very interesting. But first of all, the thing's like 3,000 fucking miles off the coast of California. It wasn't even a state back then. It was a U.S. territory that we annexed, like we just took it. Just like Putin is taking the fucking Ukraine now because it's a, it's a strategic, it was a strategic military base that we wanted. So we just went, we invaded it and we annexed it. Annex is a very nice way of saying that we just invaded it and took it. And this is like the people that are defending, uh, you know, getting all bent out of shape that Pearl Harbor was attacked, want to go to war with Putin for exactly doing, doing the exact same thing that we did. And I don't know. It's just like, why did, why did the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor? Like, did we do anything to fucking instigate that on our end? Why did we get into world war one? Were we running fucking guns and weapons across the fucking pond? Maybe. Um, and did, you know, it, it's just nothing fucking happens in like this vacuum that the, the corporate press presents it as. And, and, apparently you know the um government school system as well um yeah both those worlds were were completely unavoidable um if we didn't get involved in world war one there would never been a world war two we we went in you know uh they were at a fucking standstill uh, germany and and everybody else. like they could not fucking move any ground and if you ever listened to the um the hard horror history podcast on World War One, that Dan Carlin does. It's fantastic. It's like 14 hours long or something. It's broken up into like three or four uh, segments that are like three hours long. It's really good. But like, yeah, they were like basically about to fucking just both sides throw their hands up. And then the US comes in, tips the scales, and the rest is, is history, at least to some of us. But um, yeah, like our 
what threat to the U.S. is Russia taking eastern Ukraine? As far as the American people are concerned. Right. Like, it's the same deal with, that we've seen with all the wars in the Middle East. There was no particular reason that we should be involved in any of that. Like, they can say human rights violations or whatever, yet the U.S. has no problem with a lot of other countries that participate in just as bad, if not worse, human rights violations. Uh, so why is this the thing that we have to get involved in? Like, it doesn't make any sense. We get to pick and choose what is and isn't acceptable human rights violations. Well, meanwhile, we're like, um, you know, fighting all these proxy wars. What's going on in fucking Yemen? We're bombing the bejesus out of like every sandbox that we could think of for the last 20 years. Um, you know, all kinds of coups and things like that. And and then this Putin's the unhinged fucking lunatic hell bent on world domination. Well, okay. like all this stemmed out of Obama and NATO and the coup that they staged in Ukraine to begin with. So if like if, if the U.S. and and NATO hadn't been involved in the Ukraine in 2014, would any of this even be an issue at all? Right. Like, we're just we're just reaping the reaping what we sow on all of this like terrible foreign policy that's been going on for two decades or more. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it could this could really spiral out of control, just like World War One did. Uh, because we have all these entangling alliances, like Article 5 of NATO or whatever the hell it is. I'm pretty sure that's at Article 5. I don't know if it has a section or whatever, but it's like if somebody gets attacked, anybody in NATO, like we're all fucking bound by that agreement to go to war. And it's like the one one of the things that, you know, the founding fathers warned us about was avoid foreign entanglements. Uh, you know, it's it is very dangerous territory to be playing around with. And it's just none of it really benefits anybody but the governments and the military industrial complex. NATO and the UN and everything like they're supposed to be this world police. But the overwhelming majority of their police force is U.S. military. Like if if it's their job to police their own backyard. Maybe they should do it with their own troops, not right. ours. Yeah. Why is it why is it the US's role to um police the world to help fund other people's um, you know, military excursions and everything like that? And, you know, provide them with arms and, and training. Why are we doing that? Because it makes a shit ton of money for all the right people. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's, you know, it's that's not the way it's framed up. And we've been doing it for so goddamn long that it's very hard for people to, to see what's going on here. And then of course, if you, like you were talking about, I don't want to be like a Putin fucking a cheerleader or whatever, but like, that's how they paint you. When you give another perspective, <laughs> when you're like, Hey, this is why, like an explanation as to why this is happening. That isn't just like rah, rah, America, fuck Putin. Um, you get branded as like, as like this horrible person that, you know, Russia, whatever. And it's, I mean, I I think some people can see through that now, especially after it was uh, Donald Trump was a a Russian asset for the last uh, five or six years. It is. I was promised that Donald Trump was going to start world war three 
and it never happened. And now we're getting it under. Yeah, it, dude, it is like the projection from the left is just absolutely hilarious. It's it's so fucking obvious. And like they all these people that voted for Biden thought they were going to get like, uh, I don't know, like student loan forgiveness and all this like woke social justice warrior stuff. And instead you get uh, World War Three and like inflation that, that we haven't seen since the 70s. <laughs> Well, and how many Democratic either uh, Congress people, senators or high ranking government officials have children that are working for Ukrainian gas companies like that, that? Looking at that is just insane in and of itself. Like, no wonder the Democrats want to support Ukraine as much as they do. Like they they have they have a lot of interest invested into supporting Ukraine. and keeping the money flowing basically. Yeah. I, I, I remember somebody was getting paid by a Ukrainian company once upon, I, I forget who, because you know, the media never really covered it, but uh, yeah, some crackhead. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is like a really interesting, there's a lot of like strings to tug on with this, with this kind of uh, with this part of the world and this story. You know, and, it really makes you, it really makes you wonder if this hasn't been something that was in the making for a lot longer than the last couple months, I mean, Lloyd Austin as the secretary of defense, you know, captain Raytheon himself. And here we are getting entangled in a potentially massive war that the U S military industrial complex is going to be supplying the guns and the weapons of war for everybody involved in this how much is how much is this a symptom or a a consequence of the u.s military industrial complex stoking these fires to protect their own interests yeah yeah and it's weird you know it's like we hop back and forth between like military industrial complex and then like big pharma stuff yeah, I don't know if you saw, I posted this meme of like, you know, it's the Jim Cramer meme. It's like Pfizer stock is down, invest in Lockheed Martin. You know, it's just like, we just go back and forth with whichever like lobbyists we're, we're having like the biggest impact, you know, you get your turn and then, you know, you got to wait, you got to wait a couple of years for the, the next war. And then we'll do a, I don't know, this dog's driving me fucking crazy. Said to throw a pillow at him. <laughs> I'm glad it's your dog this time. Mine was in here giving me a hard time all morning. And then finally she decided to go lay down and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that late. It's not like I waited till noon to take him out. It's nine o'clock in the morning, 9 AM. You wouldn't have been gone out before this. It's just that I'm up and about and it's driving him nuts. Loves to go outside, but he's a friggin' lunatic too. When you take him out <sighs> anyway, um, I don't know what else to say on this on this Ukraine thing. I hope he I hope he stops. <laughs> I hope he stops at Eastern Ukraine. Hopefully there is I don't know if it's a possibility still, but hopefully like cooler heads prevail and the you know the this two, the different sides that are at conflict right now can pull back and say okay, look, this is all focused around 
one small area. What can we do to make the situation amenable for both sides and stop actual military conflict from happening? Like there's, there's gotta be, there has to be some solution because like, I'm sure the steel production in that region is a huge driving factor in this. It like, it has to be, there's no way that that's not playing a role in some way. There has to be something that can be done that Ukraine pulls back, Russia pulls back and find a way to make it work without carpet bombing the whole place into another sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is there's not like a lot of public support other than like the Ben Shapiro's of the world. Um, There's there's been anti-war protests going on in Russia um, all around the world. I saw predictably Bernie Sanders of the world were supporting their protests, you know, for people that disagree with their totalitarian government's moves. Um, Didn't hear a peep about like four days ago, the whole Canadian thing, as far as concern goes, the whole Canadian thing should be what, with what's been going on in Canada and the repercussions of that should be of far greater concern to Americans than what is going on all, all the way over there in Ukraine. I, I'm sorry, it just is like they are trying to turn the the U.S., Canada, they are turning us into North Korea. They are going down the North Korean path where you crush dissent. You, you put people in fucking camps. You have a, a way of tracking them. You have a way of canceling them. You go after their bank accounts. If they speak out against the government, if they protest the government in the long run. That is far more uh, detrimental. It's far scarier. It's a bigger threat to your freedom and your safety than Putin invading Eastern Ukraine ever will be. Now, granted, there are people actually dying at the at this moment in Ukraine, and that yeah, at this very moment, that is worse than Canada, you know, stealing, uh, you know, confiscating people's bank accounts and um, you know, instituting vaccine passports mandates and things like that. But the, the long-term implications, you should be far more worried with what government is doing over there than what the Putin's government is doing over in Eastern Ukraine. And, yet, and then that's why you see the support of the Bernie Sanders of the world supporting uh, anti-war protests versus supporting anti-government uh, controlling the people protests. But I guess, you know, he stands in solidarity with these protests because they, you know, they, you know, stand in line with his agenda, even though the Canadian thing was labor. He pretends to be a labor. I fucking hate Bernie Sanders. But my, my point being, there is not an appetite for a world war. <laughs> there really isn't. So um, hopefully that is playing into this as well. There's not a whole lot of upside to a massive war with like three huge nuclear powers. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't see where you go from there. Yeah. Like it's like you said, there's not a, there's not a lot of support on really any side for this to be a continued like long-term type of engagement. So hopefully, hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll mellow. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens over the weekend. Cause this will, what happens over the next 48 hours will probably be pretty indicative of how it's going to go moving forward. Yeah. And if, if some 
Putin has been very open and he's had a number of press conferences and talked about it uh, two days ago. And again, last night, like he seems to be pretty publicly out there talking about what's going on. If other people will just talk as well and find some sort of agreement or something like there's got to be something that yeah i mean maybe being overlooked. Maybe he's got what he what he wants now like maybe that's it uh i, I don't even know what to say this all just seems so fucking avoidable to me Let's take a quick second and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show, and that is Zipix Toothpicks. Uh, first, I'm hawking caffeine. Now I'm hawking nicotine. These are nicotine-infused toothpicks, and they are also flavored. So it, it's the best of both worlds. You get a delicious-tasting toothpick that also can curb that nicotine craving. It is a great smokeless alternative to cigarettes. It's a great alternative to all the other over-the-counter nicotine alternatives. It's cheaper than all of those. It's uh, less cumbersome than a lot of them. I mean, it's just a toothpick. You can pop it into your mouth anywhere you want. There's no mess. You can take as much nicotine out of it as you want. You can save it for later. If you don't need all the nicotine that's in the toothpick, you can do it indoors. You can do it outdoors. You can do it without anybody knowing that you're actually getting a nicotine fix. So go to ZipixToothpicks.com, use promo code FICTION for 10% off your order. He's got six different flavors. You can get the ultimate flavor pack if you want to try them all. If you're a smoker or you uh, you chew tobacco or you're on the nicotine gum or the patch or something like that, try out these toothpicks as a, an alternative to what you're already doing. You won't be sorry. So make sure you go to zippixtoothpicks.com. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X toothpicks.com. Order yourself a bunch of these nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks so that you have the perfect alternative to get you that nicotine fix that you need from time to time. Zippixtoothpicks.com, promo code FICTION. And Did you see the thing that like a bunch of uh, U.S. bio labs in Ukraine were part of the targets and um no no i didn't see so that. this this was going around yesterday and it was getting taken down about as quickly as it was going up uh that it was like seven of 11 u.s bio labs on the ukrainian border were part of the targets of the initial russian airstrikes and like that it if true which I am kind of inclined to believe there's some truth to it because they don't typically take something down that quickly if it's not uh, got some, yeah. some factual yeah, backing to it. The faster they take it down, the truer it is. But yeah, that seems to have been the uh, the pattern of the last couple of years is if there is some level of truth to it, then it gets removed pretty quickly. Uh, but there are these U.S.-backed biolabs that were a part of the initial attack that got wiped out and like that seems to that seems to be at least some part of a, a driving force behind some of these attacks but like all of the attacks for the most part have been very militarily strategic they they've targeted air bases and other like military outposts uh they some of it i guess some of it has carried over to like residential areas around Kiev and other 
uh, yeah. like big Ukrainian videos, cities. Uh, yeah. But that's because of the proximity of these air bases or these military outposts to those cities. Like that, it doesn't seem like they're actively targeting big cities. They are targeting these military outposts that happen to be near those cities. Like I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything that would indicate that they're actually going after residential areas or like waging a war on the Ukrainian people. They're, they're going after the Ukrainian military. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. I think from their perspective, um, it, it, it really is. Stop it. Or I won't take you out. How about that? Oh, that, that, that doesn't end well for you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like that. Oh my God. Drive me crazy, dog. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to come across like, oh, like Putin's like some fucking angel here. He's not. He's clearly a fucking, I mean, I hate all governments. I don't like the, the Russian government anymore. And I like the U.S. government. I don't want any of these to exist. Um, I want, you know, those people over there in that part of the world to be able to figure out what they want um, out of life, out of who, who they want to be ruled by, if they want rulers or not. I, 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 I really just think that this is going to, to fizzle out. I do. Um, I, I don't see appetite for a world war. I think the markets are kind of indicating that as well. They, they really rallied off the, off the lows the other day, uh, yesterday. It's sort of like a buy the rumor, sell the fact kind of thing. But um, I, I, I'm optimistic that cooler heads will prevail here. I hope so. Uh, I just don't see how anything, I don't see anything positive comes out of it otherwise. Like, and like Putin's not a dumb guy. He's not going to get himself in, engaged and just completely embroiled in something that has no positive outcome for him. Yeah. Um, like that's just not, that's not his it's not his shtick. Like it, he has pretty consistently over his, I don't know. He's been in, he's been in power for what? 20, 20 years, 22 years, something like that. Uh, like during his, the course of his presidency or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he has been pretty consistently pro whatever is best for Russia, or at least whatever he considers best for Russia. There's no way he could view long-term war as something that's going to have a positive outcome for the Russian people or for the Russian empire. So I just don't see how it, how it could get drawn out beyond kind of the skirmish that it is now and see how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you have as little support as you do, uh, it, it would be a very, uh, very tough uphill battle for him to, uh, to pull a Hitler here. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's uh that's a good place to wrap on this. The only other big story which is getting buried in the in the press of the the Ukraine thing is that we can all just breathe a, a huge sigh of relief. We've officially nominated the who could be the the first black woman to the Supreme Court. And I think we're all just like really excited about this. Um all of the problems of the world will be solved now. 
Biden said he was going to nominate nominate a black woman. He did exactly that. So um, yeah, we we can all congratulate uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. She has been nominated to be the first black woman on the Supreme Court. I still just I would just be insulted at this. I don't get it. I don't get how this has any appeal to anybody. Even if I was a black woman, I'd be like, okay, well, this is like this is so transparent and and phony. And it's just like you're literally being nominated because you're a black woman. Nothing else really mattered. And now granted, she has like credentials. Uh, we can roll. I, I know we talked about them before uh, when when uh, Breyer first announced that he'd be stepping down. But she's uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. What did she do? Kenji Brown Jackson. Uh, uh, I don't know. She clerked she's for been a part of. She's been a part of a number of different rulings uh, since since her. She was appointed by Obama in twenty. 13 i believe it was uh she so she's been a she's been a part of a number of appeals and different uh rulings she like she hasn't been just from looking at her record she hasn't been exceptionally woke or progressive on anything she's she's kind of towed a a standard left-leaning democratic line on things like a lot of stuff that she ruled on was more anti-Trump stuff that wasn't necessarily uh, like it wasn't necessarily woke. Like she, she blocked a, she blocked a rule that would fast track deportations for undocumented, undocumented immigrants. Uh, Like she's, she's done some stuff that it wouldn't be considered out there. Like it's just normal stuff that you would expect from, from a democratic judge. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounded like they kind of might have gone with her because they think she could get like a couple of Republicans to support it. Um, assuming that they can get it in, you know, the nomination in before, you know, the hearings and everything before November. Um, they I, I don't even think they need Republicans. Right. They could just uh, use uh, what's her face as the as the tiebreaker. But um yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah, it. It's funny that they announced it now, like in the midst of, on the brink of World War Three, where it's just like, it just like doesn't have any. Um, there's no like gusto to it. There's no oomph. It's just like, okay, you wanted a black woman. Here you go. Take her. <laughs> I nominated one, and uh, yeah, she's not like, like you said, she's not gonna like um elicit a lot of like controversy or anything like that it's just like okay here's a pretty standard left-leaning judge shocking uh a a black woman is gonna be a left-leaning judge to replace a left-leaning judge it's like all right um right like nothing about her nomination or if she is appointed to the supreme court like nothing about this appointment is going to fundamentally change the makeup of the Supreme Court right now. Like there's nothing that she's going to contribute to this that's gonna like really shake things up or make things different than what it currently is with with Breyer in there. Like it's yeah it's a it's an even swap. Uh, right. 
Yeah. And, and the thing is, she's just really young. She's like 51, I think, if I remember. So she'll be around for quite some time, um, assuming that she's, you know, what, how, how long do women live now? 80 something on average? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if there's that. And then there's this Ukraine thing. And um, hopefully by the end of the weekend, all of it will be over. <laughs> I don't know. How quickly can these things resolve themselves? I mean, it it kind of started almost overnight. It it didn't seem like there was a whole lot going on early in the week. And then it all of a sudden there was. So yeah. it could very well end just as quickly as it began, as, especially if I would think if NATO were willing to let cooler heads prevail and try to take it to a negotiating table with Putin as opposed to taking it to a uh, military option, then there could be something that could be worked out to make it, to bring it to an end, especially with there being such a, like we've talked about multiple times throughout the show, with there being such a low interest in engaging in another world war, uh, it could very well have a solution pretty quickly. But I mean, like it's going to require, it's probably going to require the U S to not be involved. Uh, some of these sanctions that they're attempting to impose on Russia that aren't going to sway Russia one way or the other. Like if they could back off of some of that and say, especially considering how important Russian oil and gas are to the region, uh, to Eastern Europe, if everybody is willing to say, look, we all kind of rely on each other a little too much to keep pushing this, it, it could, it could very well have a solution, but I, I don't, I don't know exactly what that solution is. Uh, like, I know what I think the solution should probably be. There should, there should be some, some give and take with the Donbass region and find a way to get the Ukraine to stop uh, engaging in an all-out war on that region. And if they would stop, then Russia would probably stop as well. Like, it, it seems to be uh, we push and you push back. And if everybody would quit pushing and pull back and say, all right, how does, how does this get, so how does this get solved without everybody? I just don't know what the, and that I just most, don't know what the appetite for not going to war is as far as that goes. Right. Yeah. And most likely those milk toast sanctions were put in place just to have a negotiating piece when the time comes. It, it is just so despicable how flippant government officials are with other people's lives. Like these are all just like, pawns on a fucking chessboard for them. They couldn't care any less about the people of Ukraine that we're supposed to be, you know, all, all upset about. Um, it, it's like, oh yeah, we can just use them to get, um, you know, some sort of political victory. It, it really is despicable how, uh, how they play these games. It, it, you know, it, it's like a video game to them when actual people's lives, their families, uh, they're at stake and it's, you're getting a firsthand look at how they how they view human life and how willing, you know, how easy it is for them to just disregard everything for some like relatively meaningless political victory. Um, anyway, I guess we can uh, wrap up here because this dog is driving me absolutely crazy. I can't. It's hard enough to think when you're half asleep at eight o'clock in the morning. And then you have a, a big crybaby drama dog, such a drama queen.
And so you're not used to doing morning shows. No, no. I'm, I'm usually up really early for, for work, but um, you know, that's like mindless shit that I can do. And uh, usually this dog's, you know, it, it, it's always right when you turn on the microphone, as soon as you turn on the microphone, something goes wrong. Now he starts crying yesterday. Like, I don't think he went out to like 1130. He's got the black. He's got a gigantic blood. I don't know how he does this. He like he you take him out and he has like a five minute piss on the street. It's fucking hilarious. like people are walking by and their jaws just drop and he's just pissing. It's the fucking funniest thing. But yeah, now he like really wants to go outside. So I'll take him for a walk and um, you guys all enjoy your weekends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Today is Friday, but it's not a happy hour Friday. So you got one more week to go to pedalingfictionpodcast.com and set up a recurring monthly donation so that you can join us for next Friday's happy hour. After I wrap up here, I'm headed to Sayulita for the weekend. Johnny the Jew is in town. So we're going to go have some fun over there. And uh, I don't know, what do you got going on? Anything fun? Moving. <laughs> I know. I know. I just thought I'd rub that in a little bit. You got to round it, up it, all the chickens and move. It won't be bad. My parents are coming up this evening and they're going to help us tomorrow. So I'll get to spend some time with my folks and, and it, it'll be good. Yeah. I. Right. I am enjoying the moving process to some extent. Like it is fun to get into the new place and kind of set it all up and, and make it ours. So uh, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. yeah that, that is the fun part where you get like this blank canvas to sort of decorate and not ever get some new stuff in there, new arrangements. That's always fun. But yeah, getting to that point is a fucking colossal pain in the ass. And it's something that I'll probably be dealing with uh, this summer. So I shouldn't be making too much fun of you, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I have all the turntables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have a nice weekend, everybody. We'll keep an eye on this uh, Ukraine thing. Hopefully uh, it works out without too much more bloodshed. And I don't know. Uh, that's, that's government for you. They're the worst. They are the worst. Why we don't want them to exist. That's one reason why at least. Imagine how much nicer the world would be without Putin's and Biden's running things from behind their fucking desks. Until next time, folks, next week sometime, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.